0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: What's up, guys? Before we get going this evening, just want to remind you, podcast brought to you by Skybox Sports Picks. Who is Skybox Sports Picks? Well... Glad you asked. They're the world's best gambling handicapping website. They're the inventors of the Skybox Matrix Interval, an advanced modeling mechanism that has been tested and refined through years of wisdom and experience, it has helped Skybox propel itself to the top of the industry. You know the deal with Skybox at this point, is, unless you're a first-time listener. If you are, welcome. Well, check out Skybox. They have a package that will fit your price range. Hope y'all took advantage of their U.S. Open picks. They're crushing it on NASCAR right now. NFL's just around the corner. Get you a little taste of uh, some baseball NASCAR golf action before you dive into the NFL and college football this fall. But check them out. They've got week-long sports-centric packages, month-long sports-centric packages. You could do all sports for a month, all sports for a week. I would just recommend doing the year-long all sports pass and riding with Skybox 365 days a year. I promise you, you'll make the money back and then some. These guys are professionals, but they will have a package to fit your price range if you need something a little less. You could even try out a daily pass for ten bucks. Um, just to kind of see what the guys are about. But check them out, skyboxsportspicks.com. Go to the store, check out the gear. I'm rocking a Skybox hat as we speak. They got pretty awesome products in there as well. So go support Skybox Sports Picks. It's a pretty good trade-off. They'll make you money while you give them less money. That seems like a pretty good deal to me. Check them out, skyboxsportspicks.com. Podcast, also brought to you by LB's University Avenue across from Kroger, Y'all know the deal. LB is absolutely the best place in Mississippi to get meat. Go see Greg if you're a subscriber to the Rippy Rides newsletter, which is rippyrides.substack.com. Free newsletter you get anywhere between three to five times a week, depending on uh, news availability, that sort of thing, uh, to your inbox. Every single time it is published directly to your inbox. And you also get free meats or discounted meats, I should say. Greg's got a deal going right now for subscribers. They get a 16-ounce prime strip for $15, and then a package of sausage for 5 bucks. So you get a pack of sausage and a 16-ounce prime strip for 20 bucks. That's a hell of a start to your dinner. I would add a start to your weekend and one hell of a dinner, I should say. I would recommend going buying much more stuff than that. LB's, University Avenue, across from Kroger, best place in Mississippi to get meat. Uh, Oxford is lucky to have it. I'm getting hungry just thinking about it right now. So check them out. Today's podcast is Colin and I discussing the Mike Bianco news. It's a day late. We had some technical issues. Uh, I was going to originally drop this podcast Monday evening, I guess that would be. So better late than never. We took a second crack at it. And I uh, honestly, I think it's better than the first try we had at it. So uh, not that you'll know because you're only hearing the second one. But anyway, we got into the Mike Bianco dynamic, what his prospects for 2022 look like, how the search was handled, what it means or how this candidacy for the LSU job was handled and what it means for the program going forward. So, back with Colin after I gave him a grand total of a week off. Let's go.
0: Rippy writes with Brian Scott Rippy. Transcripts can be obtained by drinking a fifth of bourbon, ramming your head through some drywall, and then writing down every thought you have.
1: What's up? Happy Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, whenever you listen to this. I am Brian Scott Rippy. On the other end of the line is Colin Brister. It's been a uh, full week since we last did a podcast. I think in that week, it's probably felt like, I don't know, 10 weeks given kind of yeah. this little saga that's unfolded. What's up, man? It's been a long offseason.
2: Not much. Yeah. Not much, man. It's uh, been a been a long nine days. Been a, been a lot of activity on the Ole Miss baseball front. Um, hey, more activity uh, on the Ole Miss baseball front than there usually is the uh, third week in June.
1: That is very true. Very true. There is a lot more activity, a lot more buzz around the program uh, than there usually is the third week of June. You know, I thought when we finished the season, like you'd have a bit of a podcast hiatus and you had a solid like seven and a half days of it. But once this Bianco news kind of started really picking up steam, I knew we would do this podcast at some point. But to be completely honest with you, I probably would have bet pretty good money that it was to uh, talk about potential replacements.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um it kind of seemed like that for a while. Um and then, you know, we we it winds up on Sunday night that, that Mike Bianco's returning to Ole Miss and from all accounts, um, it appears that that he never really had the ability to go to LSU. So uh really and you know, I don't know that I'm not sourced or anything, but you know, from Glenn Gilbo and Neil, uh certainly seems like certainly seems like he, he never really had the ability to tell LSU, Yes, I want the job. And uh here we are with, with Mike Bianco heading into his twenty second year as the Ole miss baseball coach.
1: Yeah, and as we record this on a Tuesday night, I probably should have hit this at the top. Podcast schedule got a little uh, off. We, uh, we tried recording this once, and we'll, we'll call it technical difficulties. So sure. this is our, uh, yeah, technical difficulties at a uh, company corporate function uh, kind of uh, threw us off the rails, I would, uh, I would say, to put it mildly. Maybe we'll uh, release that podcast at a later date um, when the statute of limitations are up. But as we kind of go round two uh, on this podcast and on this topic, it's, it's been a bizarre week, sure. uh, kind of following it and the way it played out. I You know, one of the things I kind of said to you the whole time was, yes, it, and I wrote this in the newsletter last week, it made every logical sense for Mike to move on, right? Like, if there was going to be an ideal breakup, it would be like this. He leaves on his own after two decades, going back to a place that's special to him. Uh, you know, some would say he's reached a ceiling at Ole Miss, and whether that's sure. the – program ceiling or just his personal ceiling in terms of what he's capable of with his resources as a coach, it you could make a fairly strong argument that maybe he's reached a ceiling. And I kind of said the whole time, though, despite all logical sense, uh, it, it being that he should go, Mike Bianco doesn't necessarily think about things like other people do. And trying to get in his headspace is – Honestly, a futile exercise. I've, I've tried to do it over the years and then I've just kind of stopped because you just never really know what he's thinking. And no one knows what he's thinking because he doesn't talk to anyone. And we can get into that in a little bit later. But I guess what I'm trying to get at is I, I'm not shocked by this result. I am, I'm like surprised, but not at all at the same time. I didn't figure oh. it would unfold this way, but I always left open the possibility against all rationality he would do this because he does stuff like this.
2: Well, sure. But I mean, what what are we discussing, right? Because from all accounts, like, regardless of what Mike wanted to do, Mike had no option. Mike Mike's option was to be the baseball coach at Ole Miss. I don't really think that he had the opportunity to take the LSU job. And, you know, I think we, we kind of believed that earlier in the week. And it for LSU may have been, you know, saying that, you know, and leaking that. But I don't think there was ever a moment. It's kind of like the committable offer. I don't know if there was ever a moment where Mike Bianco could say, yeah, I want to be the LSU coach and him sign a contract and become the LSU coach. Um, but I'm not sure that was ever presented or 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 an opportunity that he had.
1: Yeah, so that's a, that's probably a, a great place to start. I was about to say let's timeline this, but let's just get into that first. So sure. actually, you know what? That's as good a place as any. Actually, let's just timeline this thing out, okay? The season okay. is, And, you know, they would, you know, it it was interesting um kind of how this story was camouflaged by Ole Miss still being uh in the NCA tournament and still playing postseason baseball. Like this was real, you know, almost 16, 17 days ago, but everyone was just kind of like, eh, whatever. Like it 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 didn't become a you know, it was kind of weird. It didn't become a distraction at all. At least not from what I gathered and the temperature I kind of took on things before they went out to Arizona and or excuse me, when they went out to Arizona and before, I guess would make sense as well. Did you find that a little bit odd that it it didn't really become like a main storyline? Like I don't think they mentioned it on the broadcast throughout the weekend once, did they?
2: No, I don't. I don't recall that. Um, God bless that broadcasting crew; they were horrible.
1: That's true. They um, may not know that he went to LSU. They may not know that that was even. Well, a They thing. called him like Ted Bianco or something at one point. So. Tim Bianco. Yep. I both T- days I wish I was still on the beat dealing with him was to run Tim by him one time, see how that worked out for me.
2: Well, in fairness, if they Googled Tim Bianco, they wouldn't have known that he went to LSU. But, um,
1: yeah, you know,
2: it, it was kind of weird that it that it never kind of surfaced or came to a head. But, you know, I mean, you're dealing with your team in a super regional. And I, and I do believe that Mike had very little to nothing to say to LSU while he was trying to get his team to the College World Series. Um, for all his faults, that's not one. He's not going to, I think, go about much sneakily. Um i i I don't know if that's a word but you know what i mean i i think you know mike did not talking to lsu and not having much to say to them uh probably helped in that that it wasn't a distraction because if this was a football team right like you start getting later into the year and you start you know like lane kiffin's kids knew when he was leaving fau that he was interested in the old miss job um Kind of not like that in baseball, but yeah, it's 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 interesting that it that it never came to a head because his name was was out there for a while. It wasn't it wasn't like it was a secret for sure.
1: Yeah, you're you're exactly right on that part of it. And we before we finish this timeline, you brought up a good point on the fact that you know Mike Bianco for all his flaws, he's not going to handle. I'm going to be careful how I word this. He's not going to be shitty in how he handles it. He may not handle it well, but he's not going to be kind of sleazy tacky about it if that makes sense sure like you know be on the phone seriously weighing the job right before Ole Miss plays the biggest game of the season type of thing right you know there's a difference you know you can think he didn't handle it per se well uh and not and he can still not be tacky right like he does things by the book almost to a fault to me this is like almost like the perfect Mike Bianco like this entire search, I should say, like kind of described him well, right? Like people got rubbed the wrong way because he was committed to doing this his way. And that's kind of that's kind of Mike Bianco to a T, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh go it's ahead. A, go ahead. Yeah. No, yeah. I was
2: just saying it is, you know, the more I talk about talk about it, it is kind of interesting that it never kind of came to the forefront while this team was in a regional, while this team was in the uh in the uh Tucson Super Regional. I and I'm not blaming media here, by the way. I am curious what mike would have said had someone asked him i i I mean look he's going to give the coach speak answer but i mean there could have been an opportunity where mike says no i'm not interested in that job um i'm curious what he would have said at that point while probably biting the reporter's head off
1: yeah uh, you beat me to the punch there I, i was about to say i could probably paint a pretty accurate picture of how that would go down is he would roll his eyes he would kind of bite the hoarders, reporter's head off and just kind of go really, or are you kidding me? Or yeah, come on now. Like, I mean, I've gotten a few of those over the years. I can promise you that. And then honestly, he probably would have said something to the effect of I'm focused on getting us the postseason. I'm not addressing anything like that. Like I yeah. honest to God, I don't think and even if it's true, like even if he like wanted to say, I don't have any interest in it, which obviously would not be true. I, I'm not positive he would have gone the full on denial route had he been asked. I, I think he would have just said, "I'm focused on getting us to the College World Series." I, that, to me, that's probably the route he would have gone. Yeah.
2: So, um, so anyway, I'm not was, blaming media there. I just, I, I just, I wonder what he would have said.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, I, I don't know. It, 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 there's a lack of in personness. Yeah, to, absolutely. Right. Because you know, when you know, when years have passed where he's been kind of on the hot seat, if you want to ask about his contract, which I don't recommend doing. He doesn't enjoy that. It's not a press conference setting thing. It's a, Hey, Mike, can I talk to you for a second off to the side? And since we're on zoom, we don't get that element. And I'm not like, I guess, I know you're not blaming the media, but like, I am kind of back kind of reverse of that. I'm not necessarily sticking up for them in that regard either. I'm not saying they did anything wrong either. I do think that would have been an easier subject to broach on the side. Had they seen him in person and how I'm, Unless something's changed, I believe Chase and all those guys on the beat have not seen Mike Bianco up close in person in 15 months, 16 months. Yeah,
2: um, I don't know if they went to fall ball or anything, but I believe that's accurate. Um, so, I, and, you know, here's what's interesting. If Ole Miss wins that game, if they win that game on Sunday night, and look, that was never going to happen from all, you know, what we saw. But that question probably gets asked in Omaha, and I think at that point, He's not interested in that job because, you know, I think the reason Mike was somewhat interested in this LSU job was because of, you know, look, it's not a secret. It's somewhat of a hot seat that he's on right now. That hot seat's alleviated if he if he wins the game on Sunday night in Tucson. So I don't, I don't think – like I think if you they would have asked him, and I think that question would have been asked at the College World Series, I think you might have gotten a denial at that point.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right, and the kind of the irony in that is, honestly, LSU would probably <laughs> like him to have had him in the college – if that was their guy, and I'm not, not right. saying it was. They would have probably liked to have him in the World Series to help sell the hire, right? Because there was a faction of uh, the fan base that didn't want my, LSU's fan base. Oh, absolutely. They didn't want it because he, quote, unquote, can't win the big one. But I agree with you in that sense. It, you know, I couldn't decide for a while if, that, if him getting to Omaha would make him more or less likely to take the job, and I think I would probably take uh, – would have leaned to yes in hindsight, just because like you mentioned, you know, he made the, if he makes a college world series this year, I guess he can't literally coach at Ole Miss until he retires, but he could get pretty damn close. Cause Mike Bianco has kind of hinted in the past that he he doesn't want to do this until he's Mike Martin's age type of thing. Right. right. So he would have gotten close to kind of going out on his own terms completely. And honestly with the second trip, depending on how old he ended up when things got hot again, um, he may have been able to do that. But anyway, beat that as it may. So let's play this timeline out. So the season sure. end, that Sunday night, it really cranks up really in the first 24 hours after that, right? Yeah. Like it, you, the reports start surfacing of they're zeroing in on Mike Bianco. And Glenn Gilbert had the report that he was due in the coming days for an in-person interview. I think that was like – Todd
2: Walker said he slept at his house and interviewed on Monday night.
1: Uh, yeah, that was a weird one. So Todd Walker goes on <laughs> radio and says that Mike Bianco is in Baton Rouge interviewing for the job while I'm assuming while he said this, Mike was actually like literally conducting exit interviews with this player. Yeah. Uh, he may have, been, Mike, he may have been taking too. a piss when the words were uttered, but like quite literally he probably was doing exit interviews and then love this cell job. This is a power move that, you know, the second part of that Todd Walker report was, and if he does get the job, I'd like to be his hitting coach. Well, guess what, man? If uh, Cliff Godwin gets the job, I'd like to be his first base coach because it would be a race. Let's see how my candidacy shakes out. What a weird move. You know,
2: look, let's just pretend Mike did get that job. Who do you call? Do you call Todd Walker, who's never coached college baseball uh, a day in his life, or do you call Mike Clement, the guy that, you know, had one of the statistically best offenses in America this year? I don't know which one I'd hire. It'd be a tough call.
1: I don't know. Surely Mike heard that comment through the grapevine somehow. But, my God, the amount of money I would pay to be a fly on the wall when they played the tape for him, he would have been like, do what? Like, that, that's just a that, – anyway, so what a bizarre move. So, that was false. And, you know, it's interesting. You know, Gilbo threw out this, the, the USA Today guy, who's older guy. I've said hey to him a couple times. He wouldn't remember me. We don't know each other. But I do know he's been around a while and he's been plugged in. Towards the end of the week last week, he, he kind of took a little bit of heat you know, or criticism or whatever. And he ended up being pretty accurate throughout all of this, to be completely honest, because Mike did interview in person. It wasn't in Baton Rouge, and we'll get to that in a minute. But he was pretty accurate for the most part. Now, whether it was there, he was the preferred candidate and all that, and I'm not 100% off the top of my head familiar with the report because it's been a week since I read it and I don't have it pulled up. But I say that to say he kind of took some criticism later in the week because nothing had come out about Mike um, – Interviewing, and it was kind of like it probably would have happened by now. And I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, I think some of the, well, the media got it wrong, was disguised by Todd Walker just being a jackass. He was really the only one that got it wrong, other than a couple yes. of national guys saying it was his job to turn down. That didn't turn out to be true. But none of the local beat guys really ever said that. So I feel like the the quote media got it wrong aspect of this was mostly just Todd Walker being a moron, and he's not media.
2: I think i think the only thing you could criticize local media for and this isn't even a fair criticism is a lot did and this is including me and and i don't know how you felt but when when someone would ask all right gun to your head what happens like he's gonna be the coach at lsu but i don't feel good about it um like that's what i would say when someone would put me in that situation but you know i mean i never felt good or confident that he was 1000 percent going to lsu um and I think a lot of people felt that way. And, you know, it turned out that that, that was never really on the table or an opportunity that, that he had.
1: So we get down towards closer to the end of the week. And, you know, there's kind of rumors of the interview coming. And um, I can't remember if there were anything like official reporting actually surfaced until Glenn Gilbo uh, reported on Saturday. Uh, or was it Gilbo or the advocate? I can't remember. reported on Saturday that Mike was, in fact – in Birmingham with Cliff Godwin, not literally with Cliff Godwin. Cliff Godwin was there too, meeting. I don't think they interviewed in tuxedos as a pair, stepbrother style or anything like that. But they did meet with Scott Woodward in Birmingham for an in-person interview. Was that Gilbo or the advocate? That It was, was, Gil- there? It was Gilbo. So, yeah. So, again, credit to my man. He was on top of it for that yeah. one. And that's really kind of when, when, for the lack of a better phrase, from a fan base and, like, the message board we loosely work for now, As any indication, shit hit the fan. People didn't handle that well.
2: Yeah, no. Um, I thought – so, at that point, here's where my mind went, and you can tell me if you disagree. My mind went to, okay, Glenn Gilbo said earlier in the week that Mike Bianco was going to interview for the the LSU head coaching job, correct? Like, he said that on Tuesday. And he was criticized pretty harshly, saying, hey, he's not going to interview for this job. You don't do that. That's not a thing. Turned out he was correct, right?
1: Which I was in that camp. And, you know, whenever you doubt a report, particularly someone who's worked in it, and you have too, you're not doubting the reporter's credibility when you think something not true. Because there's probably, he probably had, like, my thinking was, he probably did have a reliable guy that he trusts that said that. I just didn't believe the interview would ever actually happen. So count me in that camp. Go ahead.
2: Sure. Um, And then it does, right? Which, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, the people that thought it wasn't or or, were crazy or anything, because that was something that's, you know, irregular. But it did happen. And then when Gilbo says neither one of them were offered a job. So we've have, we have have we two things that at that point I believe are accurate. Mike Bianco interviewed for this job. He does not have an offer. Well, at that point, this is out there. He has to come back to Ole Miss. So on Saturday afternoon, my, my tone completely changed. It's like, all right, if he doesn't have an offer right now, he has to say within the next 24 hours he's coming back to Ole Miss. And sure enough, within the next day, you know, that next night, um, it was announced he was coming back to Ole Miss.
1: Yeah, and that's really the end of the timeline, like you mentioned. Like, right, uh, they put out joint statements as Mississippi State is polishing off a win in Omaha. Uh, kind of ironic. The timing- Well, so so
2: yes, but I think we both know why this got out, right? Like Mike sent the text message, and I don't think Mike's a, look. Mike's there a lot of a lot of good things. PR strategist, probably not one.
1: Uh, he I sends didn't this message there. out.
2: Yeah. He sends this message out to his players. And at that point, like we all saw the message um, it's out there. If you want to go find it, it's, you know, it was going to get out. So like you had to have something ready to go.
1: Yeah, you're right. I, I was kind of mostly just poking fine little tongue and we are Ole Miss type of deal. Cause talk about Mike Bianco, public relations, not always being a strength um, Ole Miss's public relations strategy as a university, forget athletics. Is uh, not always the greatest. From uh, you know, not really trying to spend you know the chancellor paying himself eighty thousand dollars to hire himself, that type of thing. Uh, mistakes were made. The hostage press conference. You get where I'm going with this. So right. uh, remaining on brand, anyway, not not the point at all. So let's get into exactly what you were talking about a second ago about Gilbo reporting that neither was offered the job. This Perfect. is part, the part of it that's interesting to me because this is where you know the national coverage that this received kind of painted it as it's Mike's job. If he wants it, it's his job to turn down. And there was a little bit of hinting at that locally and formal offers, not just college baseball, but college sports in general, when it comes to coaching, uh, hires, the formal offer can kind of be sketchy in nature and oftentimes also semantics, right? Like, you know, Let's just play a hypothetical. If Lane Kiffin had started putting out in early November of 2019, hi, I want the Ole Miss job, Um, he could probably get that job without them yeah. saying hi uh, – or, excuse me, before them saying, hello, Lane, would you like to take our job? Like, he, if he lobbied hard enough for it, it probably would have been his to turn down because he was kind right. of the hot candidate. I, that's what the way it was kind of painted with Mike, and I'm not sure how much truth there is to that because I'm not sure where I fall on this. Of course I believe – he was not formally offered the job because I think this potentially could have gone differently had he been offered right then and there. But because it made so much sense, that's like, oh, one of their own going back home, had a lot of success at a place with no scholarship advantages. Like everyone seemed to just kind of accept it. Of course it's his job to turn down. That was never actually concrete, factually reported, and it turned out to be inaccurate. Yeah. So, and this is
2: so off topic for me um what I'm about to say but if I'm an LSU fan I, I'm not happy about how that went down um and I'm not saying I would have wanted Mike Bianco to be my coach I don't like you know you you I'm not saying Mike was publicly humiliated or dragged through the mud or anything but like hey that's one of your dudes that helped you win a national title and and that type of thing and you kind of just left him out to dry a little bit didn't you like if I'm an LSU fan like at the end of the day yeah he is the oldest coach I get it but it's one of your guys, and, and you kind of – I'm not saying you should have offered him the job, but I think it, if if you're not going to be serious about his candidacy, you shouldn't have interviewed the guy, right? Like, I don't – you knew when you interviewed him that – interviewed that guy, it was going to get out, and you knew if it got out, he was not going to be able to take the job if you did not offer the job. He was not going to be able to wait around at that point. And if I'm an LSU fan, and, I'm you know, people are free to disagree, that that doesn't really sit well with me. Not the fact that you didn't hire Mike. Just the the fact that she kind of screwed him over a little bit.
1: Well, yeah, and that's where the timeline and all this kind of gets interesting in terms of like how it would be different had they offered him or whatever. I don't necessarily disagree with your sentiment, but I just wonder. And kind of the you know, it, I guess what I'm I'm trying to figure out the correct way to say this. This search from an LSU standpoint has kind of been a shit show, right? Is Scott Woodward calling the shots? Is Gip Bertman calling the shots? Who's actually in well, control so this year? Skip
2: Bourbon's not calling the shots because if he is, I think Mike Yanko's in purple and gold.
1: Yes. Well, I yeah. So I, obviously he does not have like the I don't know if power struggle is the right word. I am not at all plugged into LSU athletes. Sure, this is all just completely speculation. Oh. But he does have great influence. And so I was I was can I I'll say
2: one thing real quick. If if I am an LSU fan looking at this and I see that we have screwed up hiring Kevin O'Sullivan for whatever reason we floated Pat Casey's name and then Mike Bianco and Cliff Godwin's name came about and uh we still don't have a baseball coach my faith in Scott Woodward finding a good baseball coach is diminishing by the freaking day
1: for sure and like that's what's kind of the weird part about this uh by the way I'm fairly confident Pat Casey floated Pat Casey's name out there a lot Um, Not saying there wasn't any sort of interest there, but uh, I think that uh, I think he wanted it known just to kind of see what the perception would be. But anyway, so anytime, like, I don't know if power struggle is an accurate way to describe that dynamic, but there does seem to be some conflict in terms of like deciding on a candidate they want who's kind of 100% in control. Like I think it's fair to say Scott Woodward doesn't seem to be 100% in control of this. Would you say that's fair?
2: Yeah. I think there's some, some powers that be that, that, have have gone above his head for sure. Um, I don't know. I, you know, it's no longer of my concern, but I am interested to see what they wind up doing because at some point, if I'm Cliff Godwin and I know, look, Hey, you, you take the LSU job, but I'm getting pissed off more and more every day that I'm not offered that job. Right. Like I, I I'm kind of interested to see where LSU goes from here. Because if it's not Tony Vitello, what in God's name are they doing?
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, Kind of back to what I was getting at. So if there is any sort of conflict or power struggle, however you want to term it, that more times than not breeds dysfunction. And so it being kind of a, a, like I mentioned a second ago, a shit show on the LSU end of things, kind of like didn't like that. That didn't reflect well on Mike, like kind of some of the LSU stink of how this has been handled, carried over to how it was perceived how Mike handled it. Now we can, we'll get into this in just a second. Um, Mike had his flaws in the way this was handled as well, but you mentioned get hung out to dry. Maybe that's a better way to describe it. Some of the chaos of this search and the lack of uniformity and kind of cohesiveness of how it was handled rubbed off on Mike as well. And so again, I think just reading the tea leaves, this is a hundred percent guess. I think Scott Woodward wants to take a run at Vitello and wanted to the entire time. If they made a hire before contacting Vitello or before, tennessee season ended in omaha it was probably due to pressure from someone else whether it's the power brokers that wanted mike bianco or someone else that wanted cliff godwin i think uh, scott would probably favor cliff godwin pretty well too if he brought him in for an in-person interview right but like if my if you see what i'm getting at if they had gone ahead and just pulled the trigger and said we're making a hire right now don't you think that's more likely i guess it depends on who the hire was If it was Mike Bianco, it was definitely other power brokers kind of getting their way, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Uh, Because I think if Scott Fuller had his way, he wanted to draw it out. And I'm almost positive that was reported, right? If I'm not mistaken, someone reported that it could be another week. Woodward's not in a rush. My thing with
2: Vitello, man, is you could have gotten that answer two weeks ago. Like, let's be real. If you call Tony Vitello – If, you know, the Wednesday before regionals, you say, man, look, what's up? Do you you want this job? Do you not want this job? You could have gotten an answer at that point. So why do you have to wait until the College World Series is over to figure out, all right, what do we want to do? Maybe they hire him. I've got real doubts at this point. I figure if they could have hired Tony Vitello, it would be done by now. Um, so I think they're going to wind up with Cliff Godwin, um, unless Dan McDonald wants, wants that job, but I think they're going to wind up with Godwin and that's, that's a perfectly really good hire. But if I'm Godwin every day that you don't offer me this, this job, I'm getting more and more upset. I will say that because, you know, if I don't get this job, well, you've kind of screwed me at ECU now when when me trying to recruit transfers and that type of thing.
1: I will say this. Uh, I think a, second more public run at Dan McDonald has like almost a hundred percent chance of being futile. Uh, and I feel pretty good about that. So read into okay. this what you want. Um, so I don't necessarily buy that. I don't know if it'll be Vitella either. Cause I tend to kind of be in the same school of thought as you is like, couldn't you have gotten this answer already? And maybe they got a hint. Maybe that's why they're waiting. You know, who the hell knows, right? It probably did get a little bit weirder that they played each other in a super, but I don't think that changes anything, but kind of back to the original, we, we not got off on a tangent. It was all topical, but we kind of went off in a wormhole a little bit of like the power struggle and all that LSU. The original thing we were kind of getting out was, do you think it would have changed anything if Mike openly is a weird way to say it openly is probably a good way to say it. Cause not openly doesn't have to mean a hundred percent publicly really lobbied for, I want this damn job really bad. I want out of Oxford. Do you think that would have changed anything?
0: It's a
2: good question. Um
1: I don't know the answer. I don't here,
2: think. But here's here's my response to that. He interviewed not knowing if he had the job while being a coach at another SEC West school. If that doesn't signify he wants the job, then what does? Like if that doesn't signify I desperately want this job, then what does? I, I, I think that was a sign enough for me that hey, he wants this job. And and he he would really, really uh covet it and he would take it. Um I think that is enough public acknowledgement for that. So I think the answer to my, to, the answer for me to that question is no. I don't think it would have because I think that you know him showing up for that interview was was uh, public announcing enough that that he did want that job.
1: So you're probably right, but there's probably degrees to this as well because that kind of goes back to how much stock do you put in and when that he, how much stock do you put into exactly what he said in the. Uh, in the little text message email that's not a hundred percent confirmed but appears to be pretty real with the <laughs> player. Okay. Yeah, I, look, I, I, it, it's not been big J Big <laughs> J I,
2: I got sent it by five different people. Sure. <laughs> the same same, same
1: here. Like it, it 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 exactly. So but you get what I'm getting at. Anyway, sure. how much stock do you put into that aspect of it? Of when LSU calls, I'll listen is basically kind of the messaging he was trying uh. to make.
0: But Not again, a that's,
1: there's a difference between listening to a phone call and driving to Birmingham to interview. Yeah. Correct? Like you probably don't put a ton of stock in that. But like, are there degrees to this? If Mike really badly was like, "Hi, Skip, please, 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 get me this job. Like, get this, do whatever you got to do to get this done." Do you think that changes anything? I think I say no, just like you. But it is kind of interesting to ponder.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna stick to no. I, I just I don't think he ever had the had the opportunity to take that job and i don't think scott world was ever gonna offer it to him unless he stayed in it for a while um and you know was shot down for a lot of people i do think if it came to it and he wanted to stay in it um he could have gotten it over godwin i think i'll say this i think he could have gotten that job if there's pursuit of people in omaha went awry and he was willing to stay in it um but once that interview leaked he could not keep his name in the hat it was it was kind of over at that point so um i think there was a path for mike to be offered this job i just don't think the path was realistic once it leaked that he was interviewing
1: and that's a well, i'm glad you said that because that's a perfect way to put a bow tie kind of on this portion of this story was in the end the timing didn't work out right like mike was not going to stick around and wait on them to interview vitello or whoever the hell it is they're waiting on um Cause if it's offered, then he probably takes it. Don't you think? I mean, that seems pretty fair, I think, but again, it's like Bianco kind of an oddball sometimes, but yes, I think any realistic uh, by any realistic measure, if he does that interview and he walks out of wherever the hell they interviewed in Birmingham with an offer, he probably takes it right then and they begin kind of deploying their strategy for how to present it from a PR standpoint. So but the timing didn't work out, right? Because if they interview Vitello or whoever the hell else it is they're waiting on, it seems pretty obvious. It's probably Vitello. I don't know who else it would be. They could still go back and give Mike the job in a week. But like you mentioned, he's a sitting head coach at another SEC school. Like he, he, he really couldn't wait that long because, and this is probably a decent transition into the other side of this. Well, none of this seemed to phase Keith Carter at least not publicly, Another week of this dragging out and him not having any sort of clarity, that would have really ruffled some feathers that matter beyond message board posters.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, He simply could not have done his job at Ole Miss well if this had extended beyond Sunday. Because, look, they're in in it for some some pretty high-caliber transfer guys that could really impact their program. Um, And if I'm Keith Carter at that point, you know, hey, man, uh, I got to have an answer and you got to do something right now because these kids are, or you're, you're probably not getting them because they're wondering if you're going to LSU. Right. Um, so yes, this, this was never, once it came out on Saturday morning, Hey, he interviewed, Hey, he doesn't have an offer. Do I believe both of those things? I do. He's coming back to Ole Miss. It was over at that point for me, looking back. And I kind of felt like that in the moment. All right. he, he There's, there's no path for him to get the LSU job unless they just offer it to him on Sunday morning, um, and that obviously did not happen, and that is why he will be the Ole Miss baseball coach in 2022.
1: Yeah, because a whole other week of that things would have just gotten very bizarre, and it probably actually probably comes to a point, and some of this may have happened. You know, I, I will get. We're it's probably a good transition into Ole Miss statements and then Mike's flaws in handling this, but like, I don't know. Was there some of that already where it was like? Keith was like, okay, like, I guess I'll let you go over there and interview. Let, let, let's make this decision now because, like, the, we need something. Like, do you think there may have been some of that already? Uh, certainly, if he had kind of wanted to keep his name in there for another week and wait out an offer, surely, I mean, Keith Carter, smart guy, competent guy. I know some people aren't thrilled with the way this played out and the way he handled it. I don't necessarily 100% agree with that line of thinking, but be that as it may. Smart guy. He would, have, he would have forced his hand. Like, look, look, man, what are we doing here? I, I'm not letting you wait this out till the very end until you either don't get the job to do it. Like, he, his hand would have been forced at some point very quickly yeah. after the interview. And it may have partially been. And I think my thing with Keith is, you know, and, and I understand people
2: are upset with how this played out, but what would you do differently if you were Keith Carter? Um, do you tell the guy he can't go interview? Like, I don't, like, what are you going to do? Barricade him in his room? Um, I'm not really sure how you stop that outside of saying, okay, we're going to fire you if you go interview. Well, maybe he doesn't go interview then, but are you really now going to chance having to pay $3.6 million to the baseball coach that, um, you know, just went to the super regional and finished one game short of the college world series because you want to buy him out now because he hurts your feelings? I don't know what the path was. I think so. Here's what I think, and I've said this all week I don't think Mike Bianco. Uh, interviewing for the LSU job as the Ole Miss head coach hurt Ole Miss baseball. I think it hurt Mike Bianco. Um, And I, and I'm pretty, I I stand by that. I, I don't think it hurt Ole Miss baseball much. I think it hurt Mike Bianco a decent amount.
1: Uh, Yeah, I I would, I could, I can get behind that statement for sure. And yeah, it's, it's interesting because he could have done exactly that. And I think that would have played very popularly. I don't even know if that's a word that would have been popular. Um, amongst the fan base. And, you know, Keith Carter really gained some favor uh, in a couple of moves that he's made. Like, in the moment, it didn't turn out to be the greatest decision in the world. In the moment, he gained a hell of a lot of favor for not extending him in 19. No one was saying, hey, stupid move at right. the
2: time. Real quick on that, and, and I don't want to spend a lot of time here. Someone's got to ask him what the difference is this year. Someone needs to ask that question. That's a fair question, and I think people deserve answers. How's he get extended this year but didn't in 19? I mean, I'm sure there's a logical explanation. I, I very firmly believe that. But I think that question needs to be asked of him.
1: Educated opinion. He was the interim guy in 19 trying to gun for the job, and he saw it as an opportunity. The closest thing he could pull it to a power move, right? The interim no, guy's no. not there to fire people. He's here to keep the car in between the lines. But he's that not going to say to that him. publicly
2: if no, you no, ask him that.
1: Of course he's not. You're right. Like, he's got it. Like, I would be interested to see what his answer would be because even if there's a decent bit of truth to that, privately you're right he's 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 not going to say that publicly and so I do think he should have to answer that question I don't know if he ever will but it is kind of fascinating you I agree with you I just think that's the answer I'm just not sure what version of that is able to be told publicly honestly like sure. that, yeah like that act like what saying that you can't like how do you kind of how do you spin that and then the other side of this anyway so I guess what I was getting at was he's had some moves that kind of favor uh, you know, it played well with the fan base. Like Lane Kiffin, immensely popular hire with the fan base, seen as a power move. He could have done the high. I, I, hey, Mike, if you go interview for this, you're fired. And I, that probably stops Mike from interviewing, but that makes yeah, the relationship doesn't. weird, and that makes, if anything, don't you think that makes Mike look for other opportunities? You know, in in the years to come, or like leave an opportunity in the years to come. I don't know, but it would have made the rela- a complicated situation. Even weirder. So, even is, if he he's it, done that, fine. Is
2: it possible that, and I don't know this, so you please correct me if I'm incorrect in what I'm about to say. Is it possible he let him interview so he would get the job because he wanted him to get the job? I don't know that. I'm just throwing out a theory.
1: I, I again, this again, all speculation, all, all opinion. I, I think that's part of it as well because I don't know, Keith Carter. It, Smart guy, like if I'm looking at this, and I'm in issues. It's a no lose situation. Like, are you again as mad as Mike Bianco makes some fans? You're not dying to fire a guy that just got the program to back back super regionals and within a game from Omaha each time, but he hasn't been able to quite get over the hump, despite being kind of a model of consistency because his teams never suck. So. Exactly. Like, if he leaves, okay, sweet, this is a perfectly amicable breakup. That's why you let him interview for the job. If he leaves, okay, you have a backup plan ready, which I'm pretty confident in saying he certainly did. He knew what his first – I'll say this. He knew what his first two phone calls were Uh, probably after – And if, I don't think there would have been a third. No, I don't, think so. I don't think there would be either. I think you're dead on in that. And so that's why – like, I, I think that's probably how he viewed this. And I think letting him interview for that is evidence enough of it and I don't think he gave a damn about the perception. If I'm just, I'm guess, just guessing. I don't know what yeah. Carter's thinking. Like, LSU, it maybe he's a realist, and he is very rational, thinks about things very rationally. Is like, maybe he doesn't give a shit about the optics. Maybe it's, LSU is a better job than Ole Of course it is. Better advantages, you know, more, like, there would have been a pay raise. Um, And is a place that's special to Mike Bianco. And I know people don't want to hear that, and that'll make people mad. But, like, those two factors, like, it is a better job. The guy's going to interview for a better job. Yes, it's an SEC West rival. Yes, it's probably not the greatest look. But if you're not a thousand percent committed to the guy and if he left, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Like, can you sacrifice some optics to maybe, you know, amicably sending him off to the sunset? I guess is what I'm getting at, if that makes any sense.
2: Because now it's, yeah, because now the breakup with Mike Bianco is one of two things. He gets to the College World Series probably next year, for being honest with ourselves, and is able to get this program back to Omaha a few times. Or you've got a nasty breakup on your hands because I don't think I don't think there is any way. I'll say this: I don't think there's any way Ole Miss can fire Mike Bianco, and it not be a nasty breakup because Mike Bianco is never going to suck. You're never going to get to fire him because he went 12 and 18. Um, so the only way you can run him out is after maybe he loses in a home regional or whatever. There's just no way that you can run Mike out and it not be a nasty breakup. I'm not saying you can't do it or you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying that the optics – or optics isn't the right word. The reality is with the, his ability to be so consistent, you running him off is always going to present a little bit of an issue and, and, and how it looks to uh, prospective coaches.
1: Sure, because there'll be plenty of second-guessing, particularly if he gets the hire wrong and Ole Miss program kind of takes a step back because the guy they hired to replace him sucks. You're exactly right. And so, you know, with a guy, like you mentioned, that quote-unquote can't win the big one or can't get them to Omaha consistently enough, but in the same light has been a model of consistency in a program he built from the ground up, there aren't a lot of ways for it to kind of all parties to feel good about things uh, them split up in all parties to feel okay about it, and him going to LSU was a way to do that, maybe the only way. I don't know if there's another job that would come in where Mike would, like, this would be the case. So, I, I think that definitely played into letting him interview. It's like, okay, if he leaves, thank him for his service. Like, I, I guarantee you, you know, if, if there was an offer, Keith Carter was not countering with the pay raise. That that wasn't yeah. So Um, why not let him interview? I know that people off, but like it's a better job. I think he was a realist and didn't really care as much about the optics. Now, if you're mad that he got interviewed, that he let Mike (laughs) Bianco interview for a better job, that's not unfair, but it's kind of an emotional stance. So, have you ever,
2: maybe speaking from experience here, maybe not, whatever. And I don't know this to be the case. Have you ever tried to get a girl to break up with you so you don't have to be the bad guy? You ever done that?
1: Uh, yes, I have. Okay. Uh, not, with, not with my current <laughs> girlfriend. I don't think she listens to this podcast. Actually, I know she doesn't listen to this podcast, but just putting that out there. Do what now? I said not with my current girlfriend. Like, she current doesn't one. listen to this podcast, but just putting that out there to save my own skin. Um, no, but yes, I have done that before in the past.
2: Yeah. yeah, so I'm not saying that was the case here. I just wonder if it was like, no, I, you know, I don't answer your calls. and No, I'm not going to go to date night with you. And oh, God, you want to break up with me? That's a shame. It's like, yeah, you know, so. Uh, oh, your know, birthday was, was when? Oh, you know, missed an anniversary. Really? Um, but no, I, I don't know that was the case here at all, but I just kind of thought that was amusing. But yeah, so it, it turns into, you know, Mike being here for the 22nd year. And now, you know, it's what does that mean for his future as the Ole Miss head coach?
1: Yes, and I'd like to get to one last thing before we get to that and close out the pod. The the statements, uh it was interesting. Um, Mike, I mean, if there is – people will poke fun at Mike saying he's fully committed to bring championships to Oxford, you know, two days removed from sitting wherever the hell he sat interviewing for the LSU gig. Um, but Keith Carter had an interesting line. We understand that the consistent of our program will generate interest from other schools. And with any coach, there can be personal factors that come into play. Pretty good writing there. Mike sure. and I have been in constant contact and have been able to privately sort out fact from fiction well i am a little bit curious as to what the fiction is here um you know was oh, it that he wasn't in baton rouge on monday okay but that's todd walker that's not a reporter and i, I get that he, he, he I mean, it's not unfair for keith to allude to that i, I get sure. that but like that's just a clown being a clown i mean todd walker more successful than i am major leaguer i think he does some broadcasting. But from that, like, that was a clown move, also injecting himself into the hitting coach candidacy at a job that his guy doesn't have yet. Anyway, be that as it may, what else was inaccurate? I know it was kind of portrayed nationally in an outlet or two that it was his job to turn down, and that clearly didn't end up being the case. But aside from that, like, what is the fiction? Because your man didn't other,
2: The only other inaccurate thing was that Gilbo City would interview in Baton Rouge, but that's semantical at that point.
1: Sure, Birmingham, Baton Rouge, like, exactly. It's semantical, but, like, there wasn't a whole lot of fiction the, the local guys on Ole Miss side, Jason Neil had it pegged from the start. And you know, one of the, it's not like they were, they didn't inject any opinion into it either. Jason Neil were very much straightforward and upfront of saying when they didn't know something. They said the entire time, I have no idea what Mike Bianchers thing. And, and that
2: got frustrating for some people. And, uh, and you know, no one ever said I know what Mike will do if he gets the job because frankly you didn't and it was obvious to me at least that if he did get offered the job he would have taken
1: I understand that frustration from some people but as someone who worked around Mike Bianca for six years I well, not understand you. not having a damn clue what that man is thinking and really <laughs> just being deterred from not trying because you got to do your job and try but being deterred from uh, having success in doing so because as I've said the whole time and I've written and I did a solo segment last week on the podcast getting in that man's headspace is an impossible feat how he doesn't even really talk to his assistants about a lot of stuff so anyway so I, I don't blame them for that but again I just wonder what the fiction is he let the guy go interview for another job like this was pegged from the start aside from a weird Todd Walker radio clip and maybe a little bit of an exaggeration about Mike's chances for the job. And I guess maybe that's just all he's alluding to, but like, I hope he's not talking about fact and fiction at Mike, you know, fiction being Mike wanting the job because uh, there's tons of evidence to the contrary. If you're trying to call that fiction, fiction.
2: I don't know. It's uh. That's fact from fiction is, is is weird there. That's a it's a really good point because I mean, there there wasn't a whole lot of fiction. People pretty much had it pegged. The only thing that was up in the air really was what Mike would do if he was offered the job, and people always use the caveat, "I don't know." Um, no one ever said that if Mike was offered the job, he would go. I think people tell you know, thought about it logically and said, I don't know why he wouldn't, but no one ever said, I know that Mike would take this job if he was offered besides the people at LSU who thought that anybody that was that old Miss would always take the LSU job if they were offered.
1: Mike Bianco once got asked his favorite baseball movie while we were and he said, why? Does that tell you he might be hard to get into what he's thinking in his headspace? I'll just leave that there. He got asked his favorite baseball <laughs> movie and he goes, why? I don't know, man, because it's, you know, May, and we've been out here for four months talking to you every other day. Uh, maybe let's just – we're bored and loosen the mood a little bit. So, why? Yeah, why? So, yes, you're telling me that man is hard to get a read on what he's thinking. Shocker. Last part of this, uh, as you alluded to a second ago, Mike Bianco will be the old Miss head baseball coach in 2022. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This again now now after this following this story from afar thank God I'm not still around to actually be responsible for covering it. If Mike Bianco leaves Ole Miss, I will not believe he's not employed there until I see proof of a lack of a pay stub or see him physically in another uniform. uh I, I, there could be a he could he could have released a plague on the city. And I still think he might be the coach there. I will now believe this when I physically see it and nothing else. That this man, I might be dead. Mike Bianco might live to be 160 and still uh, make it to game three of a super uh, in, in the year 3022. Like, how uh, in the world is this guy still here? That, that, that's yeah. a long way to say it. He's, he's ooh, ooh, more staying power. Derek Nix or Mike Bianco? Yeah, it's, it's, it's getting there. Uh, Mike Bianco <laughs> certainly accomplished a lot more. But in terms of just like, being Teflon and nothing really sticking and them not being able to get, get rid of it. Maybe it's actually he's too sticky. Like, they, they can't get rid of him. This man's going to be around here for forever. This is about to be year 22.
2: Well, you say that. I, I, think, the, I think the reality that he interviewed with LSU is going to – I think this is where it hurts him. I don't think there's any more wiggle room. I think it's – I don't think Mike Bianco can have an average season again unless he makes the College World Series before it, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think he can be a two-seed in a regional. Um, and not get to the College World Series before he gets to the College World Series and keeps his job. I think think the pressure after this week has been ratcheted up.
1: Oh, I think that's exactly right. There's no going 14 and 16, sneaking in as a three seed and – uh not, you know, kind of weakly dying out in a regional. I think that would land him in the unemployment line. Granted, it'd probably be a short one because he will get another job when he leaves Ole Miss. Absolutely. A, you know, by Ole Miss. That's, hey, real quick, that's always the thing when people talk about the buyout. It's like, look, that man wants a job. He will
2: have one in 45 seconds. Like, you know, there's going to be some offset language in there, I'm sure. So, buyout's not going to be near as deep as you probably think it is.
1: And that's what I wrote in the newsletter. It's like, I, the only, I didn't get a ton of pushback, but the little pushback I got from the theory of, why would you not take this if you're Mike Bianco? Because now you're basically betting on yourself, and you have a very good chance of not having a job this time next year. And the pushback I got was he would have a job instantly. I agree. I, I 100% agree. Guess what it wouldn't be? LSU or anything up to, up to that caliber.
2: No. Um, yeah, so it's a, that's a tough situation because, um, you know, there is context to it, right? Like, does your Friday night guy, does UCL in April, does your best hitter, Terra's, you know, ACL in, in May or whatever. And you, you know, I, you know, that's the thing. Mike Bianco actually did a really good coaching job this year in a vacuum. Um, and does that result in you coaching your tail off and getting this team in position to go to the college world series again? Or does this team underachieve all year, be a two C, get knocked out on a Sunday night in Rustin, and now we have a decision to make? Like there's so many different There's too much nuance and too much context that has to be applied to say, oh, if he doesn't go to the College World Series, he's gone. Like, I don't think it's that. I do think – I think. well, I'll say it like this. I think Mike Bianco has to perform up to what his talent level is on this team. And I think that will be pretty evident early on. Um, I don't think he's allowed to underachieve ever again at Ole Miss before he makes the College World Series.
1: I definitely think you're right about that. Because I don't think it's completely cut and dry. Is it Omaha or bust? I I don't think so, but honest to God, I have no idea. I don't know. It could to... be. I, yeah. Hell, it might be. I don't. Exactly. Like, it's, it's it's of that air, though. It's like like right what we said a second ago. There is no, like, you know, you still think this team next year, they've got some pieces to replace, but if they can get some arms in there, and we can get to that at the very end. Um, there's, there's still a lineup that can host. Like, if you go 13 and 17, barely sneak in and all that stuff, and then weekly go out as a three seed, uh, he's probably can. So. Kind of parlaying that into twofold. What were your biggest issues of how Mike handled this? Because you're right, it didn't do him any favors, but Mike handled it this well, like if Mike had just come out and said, "Nope, not interested. I'm staying here," that wouldn't have made his leash like longer or gained him a ton of favor, But him handling it the way he did certainly made it even more uh, created even more friction and maybe even made it a little shorter, if that makes any sense at all. He wasn't gaining public favor. Any way this was handled, really, at all? Because people would kind of roll their eyes, like, "I wish you were interested." If he had said he wasn't, type of thing. But the way he was handled, it created even his his favorability rating dropped, and it probably wasn't going to increase. But there was a way for it to stay the same, and I think it dropped with the way he handled it. So I yeah. asked the question at the top of that. So here's my thing: like, I think it's well known. Like, I, I'm, I'm an old
2: baseball fan. It did not bother me that Mike Bianco interviewed for this job. It didn't bother me one bit. That being said, like, I understand every single person that got really pissed off about it. Like, it it cannot bother me and me also understanding why people are upset. Those aren't mutually exclusive. Um, so, for as far as me, like, that doesn't change my opinion of what I think Mike Bianco should do as a head coach or whatever. I understand why it would impact a lot of people, though. And I understand why those people uh, would make their voices, you know, known to Keith Carter. Um, so, like, I don't know how Mike could have handled this differently and made me, you know, more you know have have me more happy or whatever the word is that's not a great word but whatever um because I'm not too upset you would have to ask someone that is upset that question because they would you know they would give you an answer and I just don't have that answer because like I said I don't really care that he interviewed for the LSU job but in that same vein I understand why people do care and are upset by it.
1: Yeah, I agree cuz I t- tend to not care about, I don't really care about optics as much and I get I hard, baseball and, games. Yeah, it's not great optics, right? I I can yeah. I can I can concede that without necessarily uh caring about it as much. Um I and it, it, I don't know, maybe it's just kind of the cynical realist. LSU is a better job. He got yeah. he went to get he went to interview at a place that was a better opportunity. Okay, that happens in every walk of life and every profession it doesn't mean people have to like it, right? And so the flaws in him handling this was he did it his way. And this kind of goes back to what we talked to at the, talked about at the beginning of the podcast. He wasn't going to be, maybe I found the perfect word, sloppy with it in terms of like letting stuff leak out, um, you know, what particularly while Ole Miss is still playing, kind of, you know, leaking it out. He does have interest and in mutual interest in playing kind of the flirtation game that often accompanies these coaching searches. That was never going to be it. He was going to keep this buttoned up. And handle it very screwed down but kind of like with anything else it's sort of similar in the similar vein of you know the, the the old narrative that's kind of been extinguished of his team's playing tight and him being a micromanager and him being way too set in his ways he kind of kind of handled it too screwed down to a fault um there probably was con- like there probably needed to be some messaging throughout of you know i don't know if he did this i i don't think so but just putting it out there assuming he didn't how hard is it to kind of, and I know some of them are gone and travel ball and stuff, but how hard is it to kind of get your team on a call or Zoom or something and say, hey, I know there's a lot going on out there. Look, LSU's a special place to me. You know, if they call, I'll listen, but I'm not really hell-bent on leaving or something like that. Or if he doesn't call reporters, I can promise you that. But getting it out there, hey, let's set the record straight a little bit, kind of similar messaging. like." doing anything except for staying completely silent to everyone, which it sounds like even assistant coaches included rubbed people the wrong way. And so, like you mentioned, public relations is not necessarily a strong suit. There needed to be some behind the scenes PR going on to indicate some sort of thinking throughout this entire process and the, the shroud of mystery of him not doing that, like that was created by that rubbed people the wrong way. If that makes any sense.
2: I think that makes complete and total sense. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, I don't know what, you know, it, that's not how Mike operates. And and unfortunately for him, that the way he operates did not do him any favors this week. Um, and, you know, that's the reality of being somewhere 21 years where people are just kind of fed up with you or whatever. It's uh, it's kind of a tough situation all the way around. I, you know, Personally, I hope Ole Miss obviously goes to the College World Series next year, and that we don't have to deal with this. But it's it's unfortunate that short of a trip to Omaha, um, the breakup between Ole Miss and Mike Bianco, which if if he doesn't make the College World Series, whether it's next year or the next, is going to happen. I think that's fair to say. I, I would be shocked if if over the next two years, Ole Miss is not in the College World Series if Mike Bianco is still the coach. I, I, I don't have much doubt about that. Um, I would it's kind of unfortunate that the breakup will be what it is um i don't know it's it's a tough situation all the way around because you know now you've got look when this team you know they, they lost four series in a row this year and i thought they were pretty good um if that happens next year with a team that's probably not quite as good um you know the, the is the fever pitch to to can him much more than it was this year and 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 frankly those 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 years Skills were pretty loud this year. I wonder if this week makes them even louder.
1: Sure. Like, the Omaha thing is no longer – like, and I know this has been put to bed and no one's still saying it. You know, there was an argument to be made in year – even in year kind of like 17, 18-ish, kind of the two, three years after he made it the first time, that the whole only one Omaha trip isn't totally fair. Like, that was kind of something that people threw out there if you were a Bianco defender – there's that, – that argument, there's no leg to stand on, right? Because, yeah. yes, the best gauge I think most people agree of, you know, running a good program is how often you get into super regionals, right? Because those are kind of a crapshoot, right? You play all these games, you end up with two out of three yeah. to get through. And, you know, it's kind of a statistical anomaly, as we talked about before, Mike being one in six in super regionals. Yeah. I'm a little over – Oh, go ahead.
2: Really- No, I was just – I'm no longer really willing to to discuss this program having a winning home regionals thing. Like, they've won 70% of their home regionals. If you host 10 over 20 years, you're going to lose some. You're going to lose one or two. Maybe you shouldn't have lost three, but you lost your first one when your kids scored zero runs against Grady Hinchman. If you host 10 regionals, you're probably going to lose some. I'm not really concerned about this program winning regionals anymore. Especially sure. at home, obviously. On the road, different story. I don't think this program is going to go on the road
1: anytime soon, though. Yeah, and so kind of getting like, exactly. So kind of piggybacking on top of that, but at the same time, when when you approach year twenty twenty, uh, year twenty two, I was about to say twenty twenty two. I guess it will be year twenty twenty two. Like when you approach the, you know, two decades, and you've only gone to the elite eight is essentially what this is one time you become a victim of your own expectations. And we're stating the obvious here. I, I guess what I'm saying is these, the, the Omaha thing matters completely now. That is 100% probably going to determine whether he stays or whether he goes. You know, is there a world next year where they get to a super again and losing a game three and he's back? Sure, that's perfectly fair. But, shit if, if it happens again a year after that, like, at a certain point, like, he can't be one for 27, I guess is what I'm getting at. Like, it, sure. it matters square on now. This is fair or unfair – because of his past failure, this is now squarely how he's going to be judged. And it was trending very closely in that direction uh, for a while, particularly after the Black Monday in 2018. We're full go with that now. That the, whether you want to call it fair or unfair doesn't matter. I'd argue it's fair now. This is how he will be judged, and it's the bottom. Yeah. Line.
2: I think there is a world where he can miss Omaha next year and be the old Miss coach. I think that world's very thin. I don't think there is a world where he can miss it two years in a row and continue to be the Ole Miss coach.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. So before we kind of project the 2022 season and what it takes or whatever, and the likelihood of him getting there, did you have any other gripes with how he handled it? Not really.
2: I mean, it's, you know, he he did his job at Ole Miss for, for what I understand. I mean, they entertained Jack Moss, um, you know, and, and exit interviews and, and, and made the necessary decisions there. No, I, I I didn't have a ton of gripes, if I'm completely honest. I understand those people that do. I'm not saying you're wrong and I'm right. I just personally did not have a ton of issues with what went on last week. But, you know, to each their own on that on that front as well.
1: Yeah, I just think he was silent to a fault because, and I don't know this, I guess I don't really know this, but if you're on his team, if you're – I don't know, but i Kevin we, we can get in this later. I'm trying to think michael gonzalez yeah what are, what are you what are your thoughts on this like what are you um, what are you thinking if you're him so
2: if so i I can say this if if that's the University of Texas and we're doing this thing, I feel a lot different than if it's l s u if it's LSU, I get it because like he said in that supposed text message, I met my wife there, I met my kid that or or my kids uh were born there or some of them were um I won a national title as an assistant coach there, went to the College World Series there. It's a special place for me. I, I don't look at that as if I'm an 18 to 19 to 20-year-old kid, oh, he's trying to do everything he can to get out of here. I look at that as, hey, that's his in water. That's special. I get it. If this was the University of Texas, if this was Texas A&M or whatever, I approach it a little bit differently if I'm one of them, if that makes sense.
1: Sure, and we don't know. I agree with that part of it. I think the source of the rub, if you were a player, is being kept in the dark until then. Sure. There wasn't nothing to this. I just double negative, but you get what I'm getting at. He went an interview for the job. That got reported publicly. Like, this was not a nothing burger, and maybe he did say something. I don't – it doesn't sound – like, the way that message was phrased and all that, it doesn't sound like it. Like, the the source of the gripe was being kept completely in the dark until – now, and there's never a great way to handle your players at your current job when you're being considered for another job, right? Like, that's always going to be an awkward dynamic. But if you are upset about it, it's, it's the fact that you weren't told anything until that message was sent after the fact.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, that's that'll be interesting. I don't think it'll be an issue for Ole Miss. I, I don't. I don't think anybody's going to leave over it. I, I would really, really doubt that. Nobody um, the that they want to leave. Um, so, or that they don't want to leave. excuse me. I I, I just, I don't think it's a big deal at all.
1: Yeah, and so kind of the last piece of this is the expectations for next year. And we already kind of covered of, it's pretty close to Omaha or bust. If it's not, and hell, it may be, who the hell knows? But they've got to, like you mentioned, that's probably the best way to put it. They have to achieve or overachieve. They cannot underachieve. He cannot afford to have a bad year underachieving-wise. And I know the draft hasn't happened and some things have to shake out, but you know, he's kind of – for the lack of a better phrase, just a general statement, he's kind of betting on himself to get to Omaha in 2022. And what would you put the likelihood of him doing that at?
2: One divided by
1: 25%. You're just going off his track record.
2: I mean, I'm a big analytics guy. Um, I mean, realistically, it's maybe a little bit higher. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough – it's a tough deal. So. Um, Do I think they're good enough to make the College World Series? Do I think they're a top eight team in the country next year? I don't. But, like, look at the College World Series. The best eight teams aren't in Omaha. Like, as far as I know, Kevin Copps is in Fayetteville, Arkansas. So, one of the best eight teams in the country is not in the College World Series. So, you don't have to be one of the best eight. You, you do have to have a – there is, like, a barometer of how good you have to be at this point to make the College World Series. There is a lot. And I think they can meet that quota. And, and so, you know, do I expect them to be in the College World Series? You know, history says I don't, um, but would it completely shock me? No. No, I, I think it's, it's possible. But, you know, if I'm betting, uh, I, would, I would bet no.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of the interesting part of this is if he is going to stick around in Oxford and at Ole Miss, he's going to have to kind of do something he hasn't done, and I think they're probably, probably still good enough to host. Would you put them top sixteen? They're probably. Uh, 16. Yeah, I would. I would go fourteen to sixteen. Yeah, so they're probably a back end host on paper right now, and. It's not the same thing as him never – like, you know, he's never gone on a road regional and won, right? Like, he's only made the championship series, I think, one time where they got to the winner's bracket.
2: Uh, Twice, but yeah.
1: When was the second one? Well, he – so
2: they've gotten through Sunday night twice. In 2008, they had to beat Miami twice. They didn't beat them once. And then in 2012, they went 2-0 and and then TCU beat them twice.
1: 12 was who I was thinking of. And that was in College Station, correct?
2: It was correct.
1: Yeah. So and that was pre A and SEC. So anyway, yes. it's not the same, the like the same vein. But Mike hasn't had a whole lot of teams that have overachieved. You could argue the sixteen team did, right? They weren't that. I could so, argue the twenty one team did. Uh yeah, that's a good one. So you know aside from this year, but at the same time, they still kind of like on paper they were an Omaha team before the season and they didn't, sure. like it, right? Like you're you're right. I'm not disagreeing. I guess what I'm trying to get at, and I, I don't even know the right way to say this. He's got to take a team that's not a top eight team on paper and turn them into one. He's got to be one of the last eight standing, and there's not a whole lot of times in his career where he's done that. You could make the argument he did it in '14, right? That wasn't the most talented team; but they were still pretty damn good. Yeah, really You're a am. back-end host, and he's got to figure out to be one of the last. Figure out a way to be one of the last eight standing, and you know Mike hasn't had a, had a ton of teams that have overachieved. I guess is what I'm getting at. And he's going to have to do that to a level that I'm not sure he's done yet since he's been here. Yeah. That's completely fair.
2: Um, So that'll be interesting, and and, you know, obviously they're trying to recruit some recruit some guys. I think they're uh, obviously in on Jack Moss. I think they they would like to find another guy that they trust to throw on the weekend. So uh, there's a path to this program being really good, and you know, I think Mike's probably going to need to take it um, if he wants to remain to be remain the Ole Miss head baseball coach.
1: Sure, and uh, so that's probably a good place to close. I was going to do the. 2022 lineup who's back but let will i'll drag you back on here for a post-draft sure. podcast how about that sure so anyway i appreciate you jumping on i appreciate you taking the uh, mulligan shot at this <laughs> podcast that one's on me i may devote some more details later on but we'll leave it as that right now i appreciate it as always dude it was great to talk to you i'm sure we'll talk again soon post-draft but uh Mike Bianco, still the head coach at Ole Miss, and uh, we might be saying that till 2045. Who the hell knows? It's uh, been a crazy week, but I appreciate it, as always. Be safe, and I'll holler at you soon.
2: Sounds good, my man.
1: All right, everybody have a safe and happy rest of their week, and we will talk to you again on Thursday and Friday. I'll do two more pods this week, so we'll do mail back Friday, and then I'll also probably do a Thursday show. So, everyone have a safe and happy rest of their week. We'll talk again soon.